0: Hello and welcome to this week's NL Full Time. And uh, no special guests today. We will hear some audio from uh, one of the games at the weekend. But uh, it's just the four of us as we were. Um, Luke's here with us in the background producing um, and uh, also joining us in the order in which they joined us today. Uh, Dickie Wharton. Good afternoon, Dickie. Good
1: afternoon, Rob. Uh, good to see you.
0: And good afternoon, Joe. Long trip for you at the weekend. And uh, I understand you got back an hour or so ago. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, great to be on again. Um I've just about warmed up from me few travels. Um but yeah, I'm really looking forward to dissecting the, the weekend's games. We
0: really ought to look back briefly to midweek, because there were a number of key events and uh, games. Um, notably on Monday, Avely beat Maidstone United 2-0 to really keep up um Some excellent form, Avely. A lot of people thought they might just fade away in the second half of the season. That's not happening. Uh, Finally, games were played in the FA Trophy fifth round on Tuesday. Congratulations to Colville Town, who prevailed 3-0 at uh, National League North, Bishop Stortford. And uh, also to Wheelstone, who uh, actually got their first win under their new manager, comfortably so, 4-0 against Hendon. Uh, to progress to the next round, uh, a brace there for Taryn Alarakria. Um, in the National League on Tuesday, there were nine games. Three of them resulted in score draws. There was also key wins for Aldershot uh, over Barnet, uh, Ebbsfleet over Woking, Hartlepool over Altrincham, um, and Southend away at Maidenhead, all by one goal margins, and uh, Eastley celebrated, if that's the right word, the departure of their previous manager uh, with a magnificent 5-2 win away at Oxford City. Paul McCallum certainly celebrated his return after a suspension uh, with goals in the first and seventh minute. They went on to win 5-2 and Gates had kept up excellent late form, uh, recent mm-hmm. form, sorry, to win 2-0 at Kidderminster. Dickey just focusing briefly on the north, full set of fixtures there. The one that stood out for me was uh, Chorley, um, who uh, saw off Tamworth 1-0 and kind of by default almost hanging on to the shirt tails of the title race, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they are. Um, It was, um, I mean, for both sides to lose on the same night. Um, as they did was, I, I suppose, almost a little bit typical of the way that the, the things are going in the North this season. You know, one's waiting for the other one to blink and the other one to make a slip. And when they do, they slip up as well. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, Tamworth losing their unbeaten, long unbeaten record and Jaz Singh losing his long unbeaten clean sheet record 51 days into the year before he conceded a league goal this season, which is quite some going, but, um, Excellent result for Chorley. Chorley are keeping in touch with what's going on at the top. Um, they're looking like a, a playoff side themselves. Um, so yeah, excellent result for them. Uh, you have to, again, South Shields, uh, beating Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe will be kicking themselves over that one, but South Shields finding a bit of form again. Uh, two goals from Darren Stevenson in that one. Uh, Dion Sembi Ferris getting, um, the Scunthorpe goal in between, but yeah. Um, a, a disappointment for Scunthorpe t- when they fail to capitalise. They do still have a game in hand on them. The gap is still 10 points, but they're just running out of games.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I'm
1: told it was da- Dylan Stevenson. My apologies. My apologies, Dylan. Go.
0: It's almost <laughs> as if we got a producer in the background <laughs> Correct. when we make mistakes. Good spot there, uh, Luke. Um, and, uh, well, a game not particularly of note, other than a 90 plus 3 Win a goal for P- Farsley Celtic who saw off Blythe Spartans, but a little bit going on off the pitch up at Blythe as well, Dickie.
1: Yes, it is. Um, news came um, at the beginning of last week that Blythe Spartans had been bought uh, by a uh, a local, uh, it, well, I'm going to say property developer, but it's difficult to know what, what his business is actually. Uh, a, a, a gentleman by the name of Irfan Liaquat has come in and purchased. Uh, Blythe Spartans he represents um a a company called winners worldwide um I think they'd be happy just being winners on time uh, rather than uh, worldwide uh, to start with but yeah he's come in. um listen I, there was some conjecture about you know the, the the legitimacy of some of his businesses and things like that but I think if the, in in the first instance what we have to say is you know, for, for Blythe Spartans, we hope this is the right thing for them. Um, they have flirted with relegation from National League North uh, more than flirted. They, they've probably got to, to more than second base with relegation at some points in in the recent past. Um, so it would be nice if you know that it, it, uh, for their fans, if it could help them turn a bit of a corner and help establish them just as more like a mid-table National League North side to start with rather than one that's consistently um, at the bottom but um, yeah the proof of the pudding will be in the eating take quat there we go <laughs> 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 moving
0: on to the uh, National League South midweek again a full set of fixtures Joe uh, quick summary from you a quick wrap-up of uh, what caught your eye midweek in the National League South
2: Yeah, so there was um, some interesting scorelines. I think four was the magic number. There was four teams, uh, or sorry, three teams that hit four uh, in midweek. I suppose the notable one would be Welling uh, winning 4-1. They seem to have picked up a little bit under Rod Stringer um, and they managed to beat Worthing, which was a bit of a turn up for the books. Uh, There's also two teams that won away from home, hitting four goals. Uh, Chelmsford beating Hemel and Hampton beating Weymouth. Um, And Charlie Ruff continued his brilliant season with another two goals uh, in that one. Um, And, yeah, there was a big uh, six-pointer at the bottom as well between Eastbourne and Havent and Waterlooville, uh, two teams in and around the relegation places. And it was Eastbourne that managed to come from behind to win that one.
0: All right, then, moving on to Saturday's games. And in the uh, National League, it looked like business as usual for Chesterfield, 2-0 up and uh, neither and Grigg on the score sheet but uh, Rochdale whose uh, playoff hopes to be fair have faded considerably in recent weeks to their credit came back and uh, got themselves a draw uh, with a, uh, a couple of goals in the last 20 minutes. Behind them Barnett despite midweek defeat uh, beat York 2-0 with a double from Callumstead and uh, They've actually now gone ahead of Bromley in second place on goal difference. And uh, that's because Bromley slipped up on Saturday against a rejuvenated uh, Eastley, Joe.
2: Yeah, a big result for that for, for Eastley. Uh, obviously, started really well under Kelvin Davis. Uh, got that big win uh, in his first game and then followed it up with an even better win. 2-0 uh, scoreline against Bromley. Goalsome. Quigley and McCallum, they both seem to always be on the score sheet at the moment and they, they continued their good form. And uh, yeah, I suppose the only one of um, point to mention really, uh, you know, you said about Chesterfield uh, coming back to uh, be, they were tuned up but surrendered that lead. Um, they seem to be making a little bit of a habit of that of late. You know, they did it against Bromley, they were winning, and then chucked it away. Um, and Luckily for them, they've got that big lead. But uh, yeah, certainly a couple of little chinks in the armour there for, for Chesterfield, but nonetheless yeah. in a good position. Psychologically, it must be a different sort of
0: test to all the other teams in the league when you are 20 points clear and everybody's just telling you it's done and you know only a catastrophic collapse from here could blow things for Chesterfield. But at the end of the day, they do add to their points total. Uh, Something that dogged them a couple of years ago, wasn't it, giving away two goal leads, Chester? They did it many, many times then and it hasn't really been a part of their makeup until recent weeks. Uh, McCallum uh, is now clear top goal scorer in the National League by five goals uh, from Will Grigg, who's on 21 and uh, one or two other strikers we'll mention of note in a while. Um, I've touched on this a few times to Barnett and Bromley, it doesn't really make a huge difference whether they finish second or third, just as long as they do stay in those places, because that, of course, means uh, a home semi-final to get through to the final at Wembley of the playoffs. And at the moment, the gap between them and the chasing pack is five points. It was uh, closed down a little bit by Solihull Moores, who passed yet another test, Dickie, on uh, Saturday, because they took on Hartlepool, who've been in excellent form of late. Four wins from their last five games. But again, Solihull Moors just quietly go about their business and uh, um, they got the job done at home um, to, to give themselves a little cushion of four points inside the playoffs themselves.
1: Yeah, and Solihull are are doing quite well to cope with um, the loss of Josh Kelly in the window when he he went to um, AFC Wimbledon and uh, you know he, he was an important figure for them but Tavon Campbell uh, scored for them yesterday he got them on the board after 20 minutes I think he scored last week as well Um so he's found his scoring boots at Solihull um, there, Callum Maycock he's been at Solihull for a couple of seasons now Um a, a, a very athletic fine midfielder he added the second um, and there was a goal back uh, towards the end of the game for Callum Cook from Hartlepool but yeah um Solihull there've been a number of times a season when we thought is is this the point where you know they start to fall away or or perhaps that you know their um Andy Wings methods have been identified by other teams and and they're, they're going to start to find it harder but they do still f- keep picking up results which is um you know it, it is Andy Wings first season in management at this level he was manager at Banbury before um and he's making an excellent it with Solihull He certainly is,
0: uh, as is Rob Elliott, of course, at Gateshead, who, after a sluggish start, has really got Gateshead firing again. They seem to have been winning week in, week out, away from home uh, just recently, but they went back to the Gateshead International Stadium on Saturday and cemented their own playoff positions, Joe, with a comfortable win in the end against uh, bottom side Oxford City, who now find themselves 11 points adrift of safety and, uh, well... Luke hadn't put Gateshead ahead, uh, but uh, there was to be a change in fortunes on the day for Oxford City, going down to ten men, and uh, from there on in, it was the Marcus Denager show.
2: Yeah, um, I, I saw a, a video on social media after the game where Marcus Denager was delighted that he finally got a hat trick. I can't believe he hasn't got a hat trick before this for Gateshead, um, but uh, yeah, he was delighted. Um, obviously, a brilliant player. Uh, would have had interest in January. Um, But yeah, a really good win for them. Um, I look at the bench and there's certainly players there that I don't know a huge deal about. Um, So it just goes to show that they're able to bring in players and such as the way that they play, so well-defined and so much confidence they're playing with. They brush aside Oxford City who, you know, I think we probably have to to wave them goodbye now. I think, you know, if they were going to have a late flurry, I think they've probably missed that boat. Um, and it looks as if they're going to be uh, heading back to the uh, National League South. So, all good for Barnett,
0: Solihull and Gateshead. But uh, one side, who've been in the uh, playoff positions for a while, slipped up. And it, for me, I think was the most surprising, the most eye-catching result of the day in the National League. Um, and uh, Dickie, coming back to you on this one. Phil Parkinson's, Altrincham,
1: devd. Yes, um, maybe it's a, a reflection of, of, of the side that Altrincham are now in that, um, in order to get dev, you probably have to be one of the fancied sides. So maybe in, in some ways, there's a bit of a, a, a backhanded compliment to, to Altrincham there that, that they got, uh, they got done by Alan Devonshire's Maidenhead. But yeah, a very disappointing result for Altrincham. Um, they will have, um, clearly been eyeing. Three points in that one. Um and they uh were on uh the mark quite early on, Lewis Banks getting them ahead after just twelve minutes. But yeah, Maidenhead chipping away at them. Kevin Locko equalised after thirty minutes. There was a Ree Smith goal just on the stroke of half time to put them uh two one up, and then Remy Clarima uh scored a third goal just after uh the start of the second half. Um and then at three one down, um Alteringham uh just couldn't get back into it from that point.
0: Well, the next two sides in the playoff positions remain there but they both lost on Saturday. Oldham somewhat surprisingly lost at home to Kidderminster who bounced back from their midweek defeat with goals from Penny and a winner from uh, Reese McNally. Uh, a terrific win for them even though they find themselves still in the bottom four. But um uh, disappointing for for Mickey Mellon that's for sure and Oldham whose expectation levels of have gone up. Kinemister, though, probably got the job done because, according to manager Phil Brown, they gave more than 100%, didn't they? And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that's humanly possible. Thanks for <laughs> a nudge on that one uh, from our, our producer, Luke. But, uh, yeah, Oldham will uh, just retain on goal difference their um, playoff position at the minute. And the other side who lost from within the playoffs against one of those sides desperate for points at the other end, were Aldershot Town, who led early on against uh, Southend. Um, And to be fair, looked pretty good value for their 1-0 lead at half-time. Could have extended it. But as you were there with me, Joe, and to save me the pain, perhaps you can take it from there on in.
2: Yeah, um, obviously the big turning point will be uh, the red card for Aldershot. Uh, Roland say sent off in the second half. Um, we had differing opinions on the uh, commentary as to uh, whether it was a red or or what happened. But I think looking back at the, uh, the, the footage, it looks as if it was a harsh one uh, with players covering... Uh, for shot, I know manager Tommy Widgerton, after the game, said to us that uh, he was really disappointed with that decision. And ultimately, that probably swung the game into South End's favour, you know, and taking nothing away from them. I thought over the 90 minutes, they were probably the better team, just. Um, and the scoreline perhaps flatters them. Um, obviously scored twice in the added time. Uh, to make it look as if it was comfortable. But older shots certainly give it, give it a real good go. They, you know, kept chucking on forwards at the end and they certainly didn't lie down. But Southend did get all three points. Um bit of an error from Geordie Van Stappershurf for the uh the equalizer. Um pretty poor d- uh, shot actually from Jack Bridge, which uh Geordie managed to, to drop into the path of Harry Carwell and he's not gonna miss from two yards out. And uh, from there it was um, you know, pretty comfortable for Southend. They'd missed that quality in the first half, but having got themselves level, they oozed confidence and, uh, managed to get themselves in front through Ollie, Car- uh, Ollie Kensdale. Um, and then obviously those two goals at the end, but, uh, I think Tommy Bridgerton will write that one off. You know, Southend are more than capable on their day. Just because they're down there it doesn't mean that they haven't got quality. Um, and if it wasn't for that red card, then, uh, he'd have been confident that the plan was working.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Whederton also added full... Fair play to Southend for taking full advantage of the, the, the situation that was that was given to them. Um, I, I mentioned for Ollie Kensdale, not only did he get the winner and the man of the match, but it was his hundredth appearance. Um, and, uh, well, he had played every minute of every game of the season. And that was the one blemish uh, for him on the day. Suddenly he did limp off with an injury late on. But, uh, yeah, massive... Three points for South End, especially coming on the back of the three they got at Maidenhead in midweek. And for Aldershot, yeah, Widrington's already written that one off. They've got uh, 11 more games left, Aldershot, and uh, probably six wins will get them a playoff place from there. Time will tell. Um, a player who very much impressed me on the day and clearly caught your eye as well was uh, the South End forward, Danny Waldron, of course, who stepped up from. Uh, National League North and and Russia Olympic. And uh, yeah, Joe caught up with Danny Waldron after the game.
2: Danny, uh, a really good day for for your side
3: Yeah, it was really good, it was a good win Um, Obviously they went ahead and it was a a tough game but um, yeah, we've done well I think the red card did change the game but since then, yeah, we was was ruthless in front of goal, and we managed to get a good win Obviously,
2: Oli Kensdale got the man of the match I thought you were the standout player for Southend Um, You must be pleased with your performance today
3: No, yeah, I think it's probably the, the fittest that I've felt since I've been here, so um that's probably why, it was my best performance, but no, I appreciate you saying that. Um, obviously, Oli deserved it, it was his uh, 100th appearance, so, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good day all round.
2: And obviously you're stepping up to this level after signing from Russia, or you don't look like a player stepping up to the National League for the first time?
3: No, well, it's just it's just the hard work's paying off now, um, it helps that we create a lot of chances, I've got a good team behind me, so that's helping me, that's probably why I don't look as out of place, but... Yeah, no, it's going, it's going really well at the minute.
2: And uh, you and your stroke partner, Harry Carbone, both got through a lot of work, even though you didn't get a goal. Uh, just a word for, for him. Obviously, he's not far away from us.
3: <laughs> no, yeah, it's good to play with him. I think uh, I'm learning more and more every time I play with him. Obviously, he wins a lot of headers, so I'm just always gambling off him. But, um, yeah, I think it's uh, it'll be a good partnership in the, the weeks to come
2: and obviously you did score in the week against Maidenhead just tell us about that goal how do you feel
3: yeah obviously it was, a, it was a big relief just to get that first goal Um yeah, once it went in, I was just—I was obviously buzzing. We got our our first win off it as well, so yeah, it was over the moon.
2: And obviously, after that's now two straight wins. Are you are looking to to build on that and, and keep that run going and move away from the drop zone.
3: Yeah, definitely, we want to keep picking up as many wins as we can. Luckily, we've got a lot of Saturday, Tuesday games, a lot of points to play for. So yeah, we just need to keep winning and picking up as many points as we can now.
2: And just a word for your old team, Russell. Obviously, they're in their own fight down near the bottom of their league. Uh, Obviously, good luck for them for the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, of course. I I, I believe they'll stay up. Uh, They'll definitely have enough. Um, Yeah, all the best to them. I hope they do stay up.
0: That was Danny Waldron. And uh, whilst I was skedaddling off, couldn't hit the motorway quick enough, Joe hung around and uh, also managed to get word with the south end boss, Kevin Mayer.
2: I'm here with uh, Kevin Mayer, a very happy Kevin Mayer, I'd imagine, after a 4-1 win.
4: Yeah, listen, obviously delighted with the result in the end and to pick up the three points which follows on from Tuesday, which is important because, listen, this is always going to be a tough game because they're a good side and, you know, really dangerous with the players they've got going forward and, and can hurt you from, from any, any position of the pitch. And they showed that in the first half when, when they broke quickly on us. Um, so pleased, you know, to. to get the second half and get the goals we did
2: and obviously at times this season you perhaps lack that quality in front of goal yeah. was this a day where you actually showed your quality and which you want to show a little bit more
4: going yeah. forward no I think so um, you know we struggled for goals recently a little bit and I think we've had you know Cards has been injured Marcus Dacus has come back on, on loan and Henry Sandat, Danny Waldron's taken time to get up to speed so hopefully we're getting there with our forward players and you know nice for the, for them to all get on the score sheet um, which yeah, you know, listen. Them going down to ten men helped, obviously, but pleased that it finished the way it did.
2: And what did you think about the uh, the sending off? Obviously, older shot a little bit aggrieved that the yeah. uh, that Roland was sent off. What was no. your
4: view on it? Yeah, I understand that. I understand from their point of view. It looks like Danny's got the other side of the player, um, and the ref has decided it's it's a red. So, listen pleased obviously that this helped because I think scoring straight after that has helped us as well
2: and obviously how important was it after the win in midweek yeah. against men to actually follow that up with another one here
4: yeah absolutely because it's so tight down that end of the league and listen we hindered by the 10 points and we'd be in a, a really good position despite everything in terms of embargoes and what's gone on this year we would be right up there but Um, it was important to follow up and get points on the board
2: and one player I thought particularly stood out for you was uh, Danny Waldron obviously adapting to the level but I thought he was outstanding
4: today. yeah and disappointing he couldn't get a goal for himself but yeah he led the line with cards very well and you know as the space became more in the pitch you know the longer the game went on he crew and you can see what he's going to bring and uh, it's taken a little bit of time just to get up to speed the intensity of, of training every day and, and playing for us so um yeah really pleased with his performance
2: and obviously with the, with the squad that you've
4: got at your disposal now you'd be more than confident that you've got enough to stay up wouldn't you yeah listen we we that's, that was all we had the squad today was all we had all we could do is field the bench so we're still short in terms of what a lot of teams can do um and we'll have to watch with injuries suspensions etc so um Listen, next game. I'm not looking too far ahead and, and seeing what we can put together and go in for, for that game.
2: And how pleased are you that your side at two-one didn't just rest on two-one? They went and got third goal and a fourth goal.
4: Yeah, I think it was really important because you know why it's two-one and they've got dangerous players on the pitch. They can they can score from any, anywhere. So just ease the nerves a little bit, and then the fourth one was obviously the icing on the cake.
0: That was Mayor, and uh, I don't know about body language before talking to you, during and afterwards, Joe, but. Uh, I'd imagine he'd be a pretty relieved man to have stacked up those six points this week
2: yeah um, I think he he made reference to the fact that after their big win against Maidenhead, they needed to follow it up at home and uh, certainly given the, the opportunity that presented itself, um, there was you know a good chance for them to go and get another three points and as Tommy mentioned you know uh, to you, um, not teams don't always take advantage of that. Um, and uh, Southampton managed to find a little bit more quality than they did in the first half to uh, ensure they did. So, yeah, really good week for them. The one team from just outside the playoffs who, who made real
0: inroads on Saturday were FC Halifax Town, who chalked up their fourth win on the bounce with a hard-earned 1-0 win away at Dagenham and Redbridge. Oliver Borey with the goal, and that means after two uh, consecutive defeats, Halifax now with four wins on the bounce are just goal difference outside of the playoffs. Altering them slip to ninth. Hartlepool, uh, based on their defeat that we've already mentioned, are tenth. And, um, well, really, looking at the table, chaps, as we can all do, really, while we're, we're doing this, I said this to you yesterday, um, perhaps if we assume Barnett and Bromley will at least make the playoffs, Chesterfield, obviously, with a title in the back pocket already. It looks, doesn't it, like six teams fighting for those final four playoff places, although the likes of Hartlepool and Eastleigh will still feel they, they might have a say, a say.
1: Yeah, you would think so. I mean, it's it a it's a gap of five points between um, Alteringham and Hartlepool, and Alteringham have got games in hand um, there as well, so that's going to count in their favour, you would think. Um yeah, it's it is looking likely. I mean, there's always seems to be somebody that makes a late run and gets in, or somebody who drops out on the the final day of the season or close to the end. But I think we are seeing the table fairly settled now in terms of you know which group teams are in. You know, are you a playoff contender? Are you just principally fighting relegation? Are you? Just swimming along in mid-table for the rest of the campaign. I think we've got to that point now, um, and and I suppose it's, it's good in it, it. It's good for people like us because we can, you know, look at particular fixtures and go, "That's that. That's going to be a big one." You know, you are looking at the potential six pointers now at either end of the table. Yeah, that leaves three fixtures, all of which were between sides
0: definitely not yet safe: Woking and Wieldstone. A um, couple of quick goals there in the second half, but that ended 1 1. Um, and uh, Borehamwood, uh, who got off to an early lead thanks to Kabongo Shimanga's second goal, he got uh, his third goal uh, in his uh, later spell at Borehamwood later on in the game, too. And they comfortably saw off AC, AFC Filed 4 0. Filed um, still remain out of the uh, relegation positions, but only by a point now. Uh, and Borum would have moved, would you believe it, up to 12th place. Uh, fantastic uh, morale-boosting result, that, for Luke Garrard's men. But the final game uh, had a, a swing in it, every bit as uh, as, as violent a swing as, as there was in uh, the uh, Aldershot South End game. Joe, coming to you on this one, Dorking against Ebsfleet. Dorking got off to a good start with a Charlie Carter goal, um, and this is
2: another one that turned around. Tell us the story. Yeah, well, it wasn't a good day for you in general yesterday. Uh, both your teams lost; both lost four-one, and both had a man sent off. Um, so, uh, yeah, it wasn't a good afternoon for George. <laughs> but there was uh, one former uh, Older Shop man that was really pleased, and that was Danny Saul. Uh, his team managed to make it three wins on the bounce um after those two draws. Um Yeah, they managed to get level through uh, Bingham, Brackish Bingham getting his first goal of the game before um Dawkins managed to concede right on half-time. Mark White said in his interview afterwards that uh, they're making a habit of conceding at home uh, in the last couple of minutes of the first half. I think that's three games in a row at home that they've conceded uh, between the last couple of minutes so um, they actually managed to get themselves in front and from there it got bad to worse really Uh, Craig got sent off for two bookings uh, on the half sorry on the uh, hour mark Mark White didn't have any complaints of it said that apparently the referee had warned him uh, Tony Craig uh, before he sent him off um, and then Ebsfleet managed to take advantage of that. A bit like Southend did against Oldershot. Two goals, second for Rakish Bingham, um, and then another goal from, from Dominic Samuel with a couple of minutes left. And, uh, yeah, you know, when it, when it's so tight down there, it always looks like one team potentially put a little run of results together. And it's uh, looking like that could be Ebsfleet. With Ebsfleet, I know there's been a number of changes and obviously on the management
0: side of things. But uh, for me... The return of Rakesh Bingham um, as he's gradually built up his uh, fitness and form and started to find the net again has been key because at the start of the season, um, you know, going into it, you did think that with Polian and Bingham up front, they would have enough to stay at this level. They're actually up to 17th. So it reads like this. Um, still, there's only five points between uh, 13th place uh, I, I beg your pardon, four points between 13th place and uh, 22nd. So Borehamwood on 43 points, Rochdale and Dagenham 42 and Maidenhead, Southend and Ebbsfleet 41. Then come Wealdstone, Filed and York all on 39. And then inside the uh, player or relegation zone, sorry, uh, Dorking Wanderers on 38, Kidderminster on 36, Woking second bottom uh, on 35 and then Oxford City a little bit adrift lots to play out in that but uh, you've still got a situation certainly mathematically where every single team in the National League uh, is still involved in a promotion or a potential relegation any other business in the National League Dickie I think you had a point
1: I did, yeah. It was just what uh, it was nice to see uh, Oldham Athletic um, welcome Frank Rothwell back from his uh, Atlantic uh, adventure yesterday. It's been uh, quite an undertaking for him. I think he's gone into the Guinness Book of Records for being. Possibly the oldest man to complete the, 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 the cross-Atlantic row and to, to have actually done it twice. Um, it wasn't quite the homecoming he would have wanted because uh, Kidderminster stuck their oar in. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's good to see him <laughs> back. Very and, uh, Very yeah, good, trem- tremendous work he's done for charity there for the Alzheimer's Society.
0: Excellent stuff. We're going to have a look now at the National League North. So, we talked about what happened in midweek, uh, Dickie, Tamworth and Scunthorpe, uh, chiefly involved in that title race, Chorley and Chester still wanting to get interested in it. Um, how did the uh, top two sides get on on Saturday?
1: Well, uh, another disappointment for Tamworth, um, held to a goalless draw at home by Curzon Ashton. But, um, I, you know, Curzon Ashton. They've got a bit of form for this, haven't they? They went and I think they went and took the points um, off Scunthorpe quite recently, away from home. So it's not like Kersnash necessarily a surprise. Um, I, you know, is is this a wobble for Tamworth? I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? You know, they've they've been they've shown that they know how to grind out results this season. So um, I think we have to base that, you know, more on. I think we have to wait for more than two games before we know whether this is worth getting the jitters or anything like that. Um, Scunthorpe, however, did take advantage on this occasion. Um, they managed to win 1-0 at home, um, to, uh, Alfreton and the game, the goal came late. Late, late in that one. Will Evans, um, who we had on this podcast round about this time last year when he was a Boreham Wood player, when they were playing in the FA Cup fifth round at Everton. Will Evans popping up in injury time, fifth minute of injury time, in fact, um, to get a winner against what was no doubt a very hard-to-break-down Billy heath Alfreton side. But, um, yeah, they stuck to their task and they got it done.
0: In terms of those teams trying to uh, catch up with Tamworth and Scunthorpe, Chorley were frustrated. Their game at Bishop-Stortford was off due to a waterlogged pitch, as was Bambury against South Shields. And uh, Chester, well, uh, they'd hoped to get all three points at home to Spennymoor, but that one finished one all, both goals in the first half. And what about Boston? They've been creeping into the playoff picture of late, haven't they, uh, uh, Dickie? I can't see their... Um... Oh, yeah, they, they were away at Blythe, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they were, those they had a 2-0 win in midweek. Um, and so I suppose taking uh, a point from an away game, um, four points from two matches isn't too bad a return for Boston. They are creeping into things. They will be disappointed though, because they led 2-0 in this game and they led 2-0 by half time. Keaton Ward. Got them on the mark after 12 minutes. Uh, and then Kelsey Mooney scored after, uh, well, three minutes into first half injury time. Uh, Kelsey Mooney, former Leamington player, son of Tommy Mooney, the Watford striker, if people remember him. Um, and yeah, Boston looking good for, for a maximum reward at that point. But um, yeah, Blythe got back into it. Jordan Cook with the goal in the 72nd minute. And then Finn Cousin Dawson, uh, defender, uh, joining the attack and getting the equaliser in the 83rd minute, honours even. So just outside the playoff
0: positions at Hereford, they're only a point behind Brackley uh, as a result of an away win. They got the job done at South Park. A um, couple of late goals in that one, but it didn't affect the result in the end.
1: No, it didn't. Um, They uh, led in that one, Hereford, uh, through Paul Downing in the first half. Uh, There was then a dismissal Southport. Um, it's, it has to say that there, there does seem to be something that is in Southport's game. They do seem to pick up red cards. Just from you know the top of my head and, and looking through, uh, that was one for uh, Daniel Lloyd McGoldrick in that game. Then Kieran Phillips then put Hereford two up. Kieran Phillips is a Kidderminster Harriers player. He was loaned to Haventon and Waterlooville a little bit earlier in the season, but was recalled uh, when Phil Brown took over at Kidderminster. He's now subsequently gone out on loan to. Hereford, um, I think Kidderminster and Hereford must have a reasonable uh, understanding because they'd sent Ethan Fremantle there earlier in the season, although he's now at Stourbridge. There was a late consolation for Southport in that one from Marcus Carver in the second minute of injury time. But yeah, um, really good. Well, any good, any win away from home is good, isn't it? And that's a nice one for Hereford. Not so good for Southport.
0: Scarborough Athletic were, well, they had their playoff hopes dented somewhat on the road um, and, uh, With that particular game, let's turn our attentions to the bottom end of the National League, where Gloucester City, thanks to a six-minute Robinson goal, um, got a massive three points. That uh, leaves them four from safety. Terrific home win for them. Um, And uh, Darlington, well, of course, they had that uh, terrific win at uh, South Shields recently, didn't they? Um, But um, they beat Buxton as well, uh, Dickie, 2-1. Buxton are firmly ensconced in in, uh, in mid-table, but uh, Darlington themselves haven't quite given up yet.
1: No, they haven't. Um, Scarborough had a home disappointment in midweek, losing to Southport, so that's um, a second defeat on the bounce. And actually, if we look at their league record, um, they've lost four of their last six, two draws. Scarborough are now six games without a win, um, which when you've got playoff pretensions... Um, is a, is a fairly poor run of form under Jonathan Greening there. And so they fell victim to a Theo Robinson goal um, early in that one for Gloucester. They're desperately in need of the points. Um Funny, this time last year, I think I was sat in commentary boxes with Theo Robinson. He was doing some stuff for BBC Radio Shropshire while he was waiting for a, a club to pick him up. Um But yeah, he's uh, amongst the goals for for Gloucester there. Darlington got a, a, a much-needed win against Buxton. It, I mean, is it too late for Darlington? Quite possibly, but they've got to believe they've got to, you know, give it everything and, and at least show if they're going to go down, they're going to go down fighting. Um They didn't help their cause when Ben Headley put through his own goal after 34 minutes um at home yesterday. Buxton had a 1-0 lead at half time, um, but they did turn it around and the goals came late. Um, they went for a curry on 70 minutes. Mitch Curry, um, he got them back uh, one each. And then Andy Nelson, he had a really long spell out with injury, missed the majority of last season, but there was always a hope that, that he could be the man when he got fit again. He got the winner in the 81st minute for Darlington. Um, and yeah, they remain, um, not bottom of the table, because they've overtaken Bishop Stalkford a while back. Bishop Stortford are looking beyond hope, unfortunately, for them. And they're going to have a fixture backlog with with the waterlogged pitch too. Um, it is only five points now to Kings Lynn, who are in the last place above the line for relegation. So it isn't out of the question that Darlington could get out of it.
0: Yeah, a couple of back-to-back wins make a big difference, don't they, wherever you are on the table. Kingsland are a point clear of the drop zone. And that was a point that they gained yesterday with a nil-nil draw at home to Farsley Celtic, who don't have such relegation fears this season. And just finishing in the National League North, going to come to you on this one, Joe. Uh, Peterborough Sports probably uh, ended any lingering doubts that they might be involved in a battle at the uh, wrong end of the table. They're nine points clear of it and nine points clear of Russell Olympic.
2: Who they saw off by four goals to nil? Yeah, um, a brace of braces. Um, Jarvis uh, getting two goals within two minutes at the end of the first half. Before a player that I've talked about before, I really really like uh, Josh McCammon. Uh, he got two goals in the second half. They'll be hoping that they. Uh, perform a little bit better than that if they're going to stay up. Um, there's, uh, you know That's not going to get them the results they need. But, yeah, really good season for Peterborough Sports and uh, they've uh, silenced the doubters, I think, Because I uh, would have imagined that most people would have had them to go down.
0: Yeah, Dickie, uh, what do you make of the Russia Olympics chances uh, without, of course, the goalscoring talents of Danny Waldron?
1: Yeah. Losing Waldron was a big blow because clearly he is um, a, a talented goalscorer. Um which I'm sure he will prove in the National League. Rushall do have some games in hand. Um, they have only played 33, where a few of the teams around them have played more. Gloucester have played significantly more, 36, and are three points below Rushall. So, uh, you know, Rushall can pick up some results in the games in hand that they've got there. They could stretch that gap over them. Kings Lynn are not out of trouble by any stretch of the imagination, although well, they, they did have a big 3-1 win, um, at Brackley in midweek, um, a big boost for Adam Lakeland and his team there. You know, we spoke about Southport not being out of it. Banbury aren't out of it and they're not playing matches because, um, of their ground being partially underwater. So some terrible photographs. I mean, I think they are fairly used to that at Banbury, but you know, it doesn't help when you have to play a compressed number of games towards the end of the season and there's pressure on you. Um, It's not an ideal situation. Um, I think probably Spennymore and Blythe, they're both into the 40-point range already, so I think they're probably both okay. But I think from Southport in 18th downwards, you're looking at any one of those or any three of those teams to join Bishop Stortford who, unfortunately, um, are probably already gone.
0: Well, Perfect link into the National League South. Thanks, Dickie. If Bambury are concerned about having only played 32 games, then uh, I give you Truro City 29 and Taunton Town 30. Both of them hovering precariously above the drop zone. Uh, why don't we start at that end? Truro's game was, not surprisingly, called off at home to Hemel, as was Western supermare against Eastbourne Borough. Um, as for Taunton Town, they got themselves a point on the road and at least kept uh, the gap between them and Dartford above them uh, at the same as it was before the game, Joe. I
2: think it will be a bonus for Rob Dre. Um Obviously, they, they did come away from it without um, Nick Grimes. He got sent off. Um, in the last minute of the uh, the ninety, uh, for two bookable offences, um, they had taken the lead. Actually, through Nick Grimes, uh, he scored from the spot. Uh, before from there, Shumerton scored for Dartford. Um, and yeah, as you say, because Taunton have got that gap and got so many games in hand, they just need to make sure they keep that gap. They'll probably have you know six or seven games in hand and and know how many points they need uh, come the end. Uh, so yeah, a good. Point on the road when uh, for Dartford it's, uh, you know, they try to get that three points um, against the Taunton team who are struggling.
0: Yeah, Haven't and Waterlooville could only draw as well, although it was against playoff chasing Bath City. Uh, Whittingham putting Haven't and Waterlooville ahead in that, and uh, Hayfield equalising four minutes from time. Uh, Eastbourne Borough have shown a little bit of. Uh, Spirit of late, but they'll have been frustrated not to have played, of course, on Saturday. Uh, And uh, Welling United, the other team that's uh, started picking up points quite regularly of late, they got another one, didn't they, Joe, on Saturday away at St Albans.
2: Yeah, they did, but they weren't in front for very long. Um, they weren't in front in the 25th minute. Uh, Blackman putting through his own goal, uh, for St. Albans, but within a minute, uh, St. Albans have got back on level terms. Through who else but Sean Jeffers? He's really flourishing now, uh, after David Noble's departure. Um, obviously didn't really play under David Noble, but he's back in the, in the team and back in the goals. Um, and this is certainly more like the St. Albans that I expected at the start of the season. But yeah, Rod Stringer's done a good job there at Welling. You know, I have to say, he's come in and they're, they're putting a little run of wins together um, uh, and results. And uh, yeah, if there's any team in the bottom four that is likely to get themselves out of it, then uh, I would put my money on Welling.
0: Yeah, and the uh, the difficulty for teams like Welling and East Borough, Eastbourne Borough are that uh, Truer and Taunton have got so many games in hand that uh, they're going to have to try and get past Uh, those teams um, as well as uh, one or two perhaps above them. Um, We started at the bottom uh, today. Um, We will eventually arrive at the top, but whilst we're in mid-table, and I'm sorry to say that, Joe, we have to focus in on the biggest story of the week in the National League South. It all finally came to a head. We've been talking for weeks and weeks and weeks about whether Gary Johnson would be sacked or whether he would walk away. In the end, the decision was almost made for him due to some other news. Joe, fill us in.
2: Yeah, um, obviously lots of news coming out of Torquay uh, this week. The uh, the owner uh, has said that he's going to file for administration, um, obviously, and wants to sell the club. Uh, whether or not that is, you know, he says it's because of money problems, whether it's not because of perhaps he's got... An answer that he didn't like from the council because he wants to build a new ground. Um, and suddenly decided to, to exit. But, um, yeah, obviously that came out earlier in the day. And then later in that day, uh, we have the news that Gary Johnson had departed. Um, and, uh, many fans have put the two and two together. Perhaps Gary was sticking around for other than football reasons. Um, but yeah, it, a really big week for Torquay and, although it's going to be hard in the short term i actually think it's going to be really beneficial in the long term um and i think if you ask many Torquay fans um that went to the game on the weekend it was actually a really really positive day you know crowds back up um better performance than we have done of late a really really refreshing interview from Aaron Downs after the game um lots of support from plymouth and Argo, uh, plymouth fans and exeter fans and uh, local uh, supporters, uh, perhaps some that have, like, for example, my dad, who's not been going for the last year. He was back on the terraces. Um, ultimately, it was a disappointing afternoon on the on the field. Uh, they went into a 2-0 lead talkie through uh, Aaron Jarvis. He's back amongst the goals. And Brad Ash, he was put back into the starting 11 uh, after an injury, Tom Lapsley was uh, suspended and he marked his return with a goal. Um, but Averley, they managed to, uh, you know, we, we expect a v to be a difficult team to beat and I didn't expect them to roll over. but They managed to get themselves... Uh, a goal back through uh, C.J. Odelusi from the penalty spot before the goal of the weekend. Edwino Vaz, uh, you know your luck's down at Torquay when somebody's picking it up and smashing a volley in from 35 yards uh, that gave Mark Howstead no chance. But uh, yeah, a really good point for Danny uh, Scopes, a useful point for Torquay. Still got work to do, um, and it's a bit like ripping off of, ripping off a plaster, Rob. This week for Torquay, you know it's going to hurt. Um, but in the long run it's going to going to help the club and I hope now we can can push forward. Yeah, Torquay at the moment
0: um, as a result of that draw seven points off the playoffs uh, 14 ahead of the relegation zone and of course it remains to be seen if they take the decision uh, which they may well do very soon to go into administration the 10 points would be docked this season. Just one other Comment and question about Torquay Joe. Somebody somewhere hasn't been playing it straight this week, have they? Because you told me countless times in the build-up to that game that uh, the 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 the, um, the capacities are around about six thousand and something at Torquay, um, and at one point with twenty-four hours to go, there were only nine hundred tickets left. Um, you also said information was out there saying it was sold out, and ultimately.
2: The crowd was three thousand six hundred and forty-two. Explain. Yeah, I think Torquay fans will be were a little bit surprised. I think there was sort of uh, rice smiles went around the stadium as they announced those numbers. Uh, the club did uh, put out that there was only uh, nine hundred or so tickets out the day before, and for a team that are in financial problems to uh, be taking uh, numbers off the attendances, I don't think's the best idea. Um, because it was, uh, I think anybody in attendance will tell you that there was far more than 3,600 there yesterday. But, you know, it's just nice to see the attendances back, you know, people that haven't been going for ages back in the crowd. And um, yeah, we're going to need that every week now. Um, But yeah, it's just Mm -hmm. nice to see smiles back on people's faces. Well, it's either gross
0: exaggeration or it's an embarrassing own goal from a club that sadly have, have have scored a few embarrassing own goals, haven't they? Um, you mentioned that uh, Torquay United have been milking it about the crowd and everything on uh, on social media to do all that and for those tweets to be out there in public and then announce that crowd. Uh, might have one or two people scratching their head at the National League. Anyway, we move on, um, as do Torquay and Averley. Averley, of course, just one point outside the playoffs and they'll, Phil, that is a terrific point, as you say, for Danny Scopes, men coming back from 2-0 down um, in uh, what would have been a little bit like a party in a carnival atmosphere uh, at times at Plainmore. Focusing right back up to the top again, um, there was a defeat, a rare defeat, just the fifth defeat of the season for Yeovil on the road. And it's fair to say, Joe, you and I both predicted it, didn't we? Chelmsford... Move up to second place uh, with a hard earned 1 0 win. And uh, no surprise, you've got the goal.
2: No, it was that man again, Charlie Ruff. Brilliant campaign for him. That's three goals in a week now for him. Um, yeah, we both did predict Yeovil to slip up at Chelmsford. Uh, you said 1 0, I said 2 1. Um, and uh, yeah, really good result for Chelmsford. They've really fallen on all cylinders now. And of the teams in the playoffs, you'd have to perhaps. Probably, I'd probably put my money on them to be the pick of the the teams, if I'm honest. Um, And uh, yeah, they, ball accounts, Yeovil uh, struggled, um, lacked going forward. Um, Mark Cooper came out with a comment after the game saying it was the worst referee he'd ever seen. Uh, Perhaps a little bit of uh, uh, salty comments there. But yeah, I mean, you can't take anything away from Chelmsford. You know, really, really good coach, really good recruitment um playing some nice stuff and keeping lots of clean sheets and uh yeah really good uh afternoon for them
0: we talked uh last time i think about how many times worthington have scored for or conceded for i beg your pardon worthing not worthington um sorry frank and uh <laughs> in his memory i'm thinking of stan bowls this weekend frank Worthington's come back as well into the equation um Worthing were beaten by a Braintree Town side who have won now, Joe, six consecutive games and sit uh, fifth themselves. What a terrific season they're having!
2: Yeah, great, great season for them. You know, I've sung the praise of Angela Harrop before. I think he's a fantastic manager, really got them playing well there. You know, not many teams managed to keep Worthing to a clean sheet, I must say, and uh, Braintree managed to do that. Um, about the only team this season that's managed to stop Ollie Pearce from scoring. Um, he didn't, uh, he had a rare blank this weekend. Um, but, uh, yeah, a really good win for Brains. As for Worthing, um, I have seen a couple of comments online. Their fans are a little bit worried that they've, uh, hit a little bad spell of form just at the wrong time. Um, and, uh, but that's a couple of defeats now recently, but, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be okay. I still fancy them to give it a good go. But uh, as a Braintree, they really have hit form at the right time. And uh, they, you know, as he showed yesterday, they can beat anybody in those playoffs.
0: The aforementioned Bath City and St Albans City are either side of Braintree Town. And Hampton and Richmond Borough occupy the last playoff berth there, a couple of points behind Braintree and St Albans. It didn't look that way going into the 90th minute, though, they led. with a great goal against Farnborough. But not for the first time in recent weeks. A crucial late goal for Aldershot Loney, Hadi Gandur, on 90-plus-two. Man of the match, uh, a late equaliser. And he posed for a pitcher celebrating with the uh, Farnborough fans as well. A happy journey home from Hampton for them. Uh, Maidstone United... Um, they've got a game or so in hand they are goal difference only outside of the uh, playoffs and they of course didn't have a game this weekend did they but we wish them well um, not too many hours after this podcast comes out they will represent but uh, also non-league and the national league won't they isn't it incredible we're almost done with february and we still have a non league side in the FA Cup.
2: Yeah, brilliant achievement. Um, credit to everybody at Maidstone. Um, obviously, George Ellicobi, really proud of his, uh, his team for all their efforts. Um, he perhaps wouldn't have uh, liked the, uh, the scores as they came rolling in on Friday evening, uh, seeing that Coventry had got battered 3 0 at home. Um, he perhaps, uh, he perhaps now might have a bit more of a riled up, uh, Coventry City than, uh, he would have expected, but uh, yeah, you know, we wish them well. Um, even if they don't win, if they can do a good account of themselves and and you know show what the national leagues all about, then uh, that's the main thing. And I see they've actually come out and said that they've earned seven hundred thousand uh, from their cut run. Um, so uh, if they don't go up this season, then watch out next year because they'll be uh, splashing the cash all over the shop uh, next year. Yeah, Dickie, just uh, a word from you on. Uh
0: on Maidstone, that's a staggering amount of money, isn't it? Uh, uh, I'm I'm absolutely aghast at that. I mean, full credit to them. They deserve every penny, but it uh, just shows you what a run in the FA Cup can do.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, the money they've earned from that, if you think... Um everybody knows that they're going to have made money from this. But of course, one of the the downsides necessarily is that anybody who's, um, if Maidstone are interested in a player next season, everybody will know that Maidstone have, have, I wouldn't say got money to burn, but they will know that Maidstone have got money in their back pocket. So, you know, if we look at Sutton United, I think the money that they made from the FA Cup helped them, but eventually to get into the Football League. Um It does bring its challenges. It's not necessarily a case of money solving all your problems. It can just bring you different problems. And, of course, Maidstone agents, et cetera, will be aware that Maidstone have got money in the bank. Um So when it comes to signing players and strengthening, that could be a problem for them next season.
0: Absolutely could. Good luck to George and George and Sam and all the rest of them at Maidstone. We will be glued to our TVs on Monday evening. Slough Town. Scotty Davis was on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. He said, please don't mention the, the P word, the PO word, the playoff word. Well, we have to, Scotty. You're a point off the playoffs now after a 2-1 win. And my goodness me, Joe, Slough are making a bit of a habit of these late goals.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, when when... Uh, Talking United got to the, the the playoff final under Gary Johnson. They had a good habit of getting late goals, and it's a good habit to have. Um, and especially given their home form, for them to start having put a couple of away wins together. Um, you know, <laughs> looks as if they're gonna sail into the playoffs. Um, but uh, yeah, really good win for Slough. Um, disappointing for Tombridge Uh, obviously came from behind. Uh, Matty Lynch had given Slough the lead. Uh, Nathan Odeconiero, uh, he's doing really well on loan from Ebbs He got a goal. Um, and if you were, uh, if you Decided to uh, pop home early. If you're a Slough fan, then you were, you would have missed a winning goal because it was David Ogbonna um, in the uh, 91st minute who popped up with a goal. And he himself is having a habit of uh, scoring late goals, uh, a couple of those recently. And, uh, yeah, you know, who, who's to say that we, uh, we won't have a Slough in the playoffs uh, come the end of the season? Yeah, similar to the
0: National League. Um, there's probably seven teams chasing those last four playoff spots in the National League South and we dare to draw a line, I guess, underneath Abley. Um Joe might not like it, but there's a six point gap then to Torquay and to uh, Chippenham, who uh, did, of course, turn things around at Dover to get uh, uh, three points on Saturday. That pretty much completes our roundup of the week. As ever, we'll have a little look ahead now to the midweek action. So we mentioned uh, that Barnett had crept up to second place in the National League. It is they that, uh, along with Bar- uh, Bromley, are 20 points behind Chesterfield. They could close that gap to 17 on Tuesday because they entertain Barnett. That's a big game. Chesterfield will then go to Medibank on Saturday, live uh, on TV, the 12.30 kickoff. That one as Mark White um, tries to turn things around at Dorking um, with games consecutively against Chesterfield and Altrincham. Eastley also play Oldham. That's a battle of uh, a side that's in the playoff places um, away to a team who won't have totally given up on them yet, especially given recent form and the change of manager. Rochdale play Wildstone, Solihull Moors at home to Kidderminster. Is a bit of a Midlands uh, battle there, and Southend United at home to Altrincham. Uh, Woking will try and improve their rather desperate position as well with a home game against in-form Gateshead. And then, uh, Joe, uh, if we look at the National League South briefly, uh, Bath against Braintree,
2: two of the sides in the playoff positions. That one catches my eye. Yeah, um, that's probably the pick of the games uh, in midweek. Uh, there is also a good chance for Welling uh, to move themselves out of the bottom four, potentially, or put the pressure on. Uh, they've got a home game against Truro, another team down at the bottom. Uh, we get our weekly roulette of, are Taunton Town going to get a game on at home? Uh, they play a team who also struggle to get games on at home in Western Supermare. Um And, yeah, two, two games uh, between two H's. Uh, and two double-barrelled teams as well, Hampton and Richmond, and and water There they play uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, and Dickie,
0: looking at the National League North, approximately half the teams, maybe just over that, will be involved midweek. Anything catching your eye there?
1: Yeah, I think Brackley against Chorley looks to be the standout fixture in National League North, um, with Chorley um, in the playoff places and, um, I'm just checking as we speak. And yes, Brackley still just in the playoff places in seventh place as well, but it is tight. Hereford just a point behind them. Nashton and Scarborough are on 54 points each again, just a couple behind. So, um, you know, Brackley really could do with claiming maximum reward from that one. Uh, looking around elsewhere, Darlington have got a tricky task to try and get anything at Nashton. Um, likewise, Rushall Olympic away at Farsley—that looks a, a tough test as well. Boston United look to continue their run against Buxton. Uh, Bishop Stortford against Spennymore we could have a Taunton-type question of will that game go ahead? And I guess the same of Banbury and Peterborough Sports. I'm judging by the again the photographs I saw yesterday that that's going to be um, questionable as to whether that goes ahead. And Alverton versus Kings Lynn is the last game in the division on Tuesday evening.
0: Excellent stuff as always.
2: Uh, Thank you, Dickie. Uh, Any other business from you, Joe? Um, Just a point um, about one of the weekend games, um, Torquay play Weymouth, which in itself is not very interesting, uh, but I just wanted to mention on the podcast about, um, about Weymouth's gesture Uh, today. They've announced that for every away ticket sold, uh, Weymouth will donate five pounds back to Torquay United to help them out in their struggles. So, uh, Really nice gesture from from Weymouth and hopefully we can get a big away following uh, for that one. Yeah, great stuff. All the
0: best to you guys for the week and to Maidstone, of course, in FA Cup action. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Um, If you want this podcast straight to your inbox or with a notification as soon as it comes out, then uh, make sure you subscribe on whatever your podcast platform is. And uh, thanks very much indeed also to our producer, Luke Edwards. We'll speak to you all again next weekend. Until then, play the theme tune, Luke.